decades, quick service restaurants have consumed the American culture of food. In this podcast, we deliver insights from founders, CEOs, and innovators on their successes and challenges. I'm Lisa Peppy. Welcome to the Fast Casual Nation. Welcome to Fast Casual Nation. I'm your host, Lisa Pepe. On today's show, we're going to talk about strategies to simplify operations and improve productivity. Today's guest has over 30 years in the industry, and he is Frank Pacey, CEO of Nukes Eatery. Welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you. I'm uh, glad to be here. So before we uh, get into this, I just want to share with the audience that is tuning in on the podcast, make sure that you guys hang tight to the end because Frank is going to share with us his top three tips for operation simplification. Um, you know, Frank, before we get into it, I want you to tell me a little bit about Nukes Eatery. Uh, Nukes Eatery is a chain mainly in the southeastern United States. Uh, company restaurants and franchise restaurants uh, slightly less than 100 locations at this current time. Um, and, you know, continuing to look at uh, building new units and expanding our footprint. Um, we've been around for almost 20 years. Uh, and it's a high quality, we believe, you know, high quality product, high service um, business. And, uh, you know, our, our guests love us. So uh, as long as we keep satisfying them, I think we'll be in great shape. So. That's great. I love it. You know, I want to talk to you about uh, a few of your tested strategies that can simplify operations and definitely improve productivity. Um, and the first one being reducing your menu. Talk to us about that. Yes, I think, um, you know, one of the things that we've looked at over time, I mean, there tends to be, uh, you know, you want to satisfy everybody, right? Uh, the difficulty then with satisfying everybody that you then have uh, products on your menu that aren't kind of carrying the load. And especially if you start looking at those products and do they have single use SKUs that you're bringing in? Uh, does that lead to additional waste? Uh, what I've found is that if you're not making a product frequently, uh, you probably aren't making it as well because the, the staff don't make it that often. Uh, they don't uh, remember exactly how to make it. And so there are um, a bunch of different reasons why uh, you kind of continue to look at your menu and say, you know, are these things carrying their weight? Are we making a lot of profitability off of them? Because if you're not, then uh, I think it's an opportunity to say, okay, great. Uh, can we try to find a pathway for our guests? So as an example, we had a, a great product. It was an ahi tuna salad. But when we looked at what the sales were on a unit basis, they were relatively small and there were seven unique ingredients on that product. And what we also have great salmon uh, that we have. And so one of the things we did is we took the ahi tuna off and we promoted a Caesar salmon. So we actually provided a pathway for guests who may have missed that ahi tuna to have what we thought was a similar product uh, to try to guide them to that. Because I think you know one of the things that uh, is important is to give your tools to your store managers and your consumer um, associates to say, you know, a person's disappointed. Can you give them some guidance on how to try to make that guest happy? So, yeah, no, that's a great point. And Frank, for 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 someone who is uh, looking to reduce menu items, uh, is there a good time to do this as far as operations? 
Well, I think, you know, one of the things that, that we do is we have uh, twice a year, we're looking at menu pricing. Um, and at the same time, you know, typically you're also looking at limited time offers, right? So there may be something where you're saying, hey, I'm going to try to migrate my menu. I'm going to put this on as a limited time offer at the same time. I may take something else off. And so that's kind of how we've done it uh, is tie it with our kind of normal cycles of operation. So, okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. And here's another big one I, 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 I want to talk about. And I think this is interesting because it's, it seems like a great idea and I'm not sure how many uh, restaurants and operations have put it to play, but making changes to the recipes. Tell me about that. Why does this help to uh, simplify operations and improve productivity? Well, for us, uh, a perfect example of that. So one of the things that, you know, typically restaurants are looking for, looking at their actual versus their theoretical food costs. And typically the focus is, well, what's our main items, right? Well, one of the things I like to do is flip that around and say, well, what are your largest percentage variances? And because it may not be a product that you sell a lot of, but if you're wasting 50% of it, uh, is there a way to do something different? So we have an Italian sandwich that had mortadella, capicola, uh, salami, and uh, pepperoni on it. Uh, when we looked at our mortadella and capicola, we were wasting 50% of those products because wow. they weren't being used on anything else and they were going bad uh, before we could do that. So what we did is said, well, well, we are, and there's already a tremendous amount of spice on that sandwich. So we said, well, if we take the capicola off and put ham, if we double the amount of salami, because there was also waste on the salami, what we were able to do is still deliver the flavor on that sandwich that's with the Italian, but remove two SKUs, which then helps you with distribution. You're not slicing that product and then throwing it away. Um, those are those are examples of things that we've done where you just change the recipe. Another one was um, well, same same idea as looking at the A versus T. We saw there was a thirty percent waste on pepperoni. We have pizzas on the menu, uh, and I'm like, well, how are we wasting this much pepperoni? Right. And realize I realized that our our normal pepperoni pizza has twelve pepperonis on. But when you do pepperoni and sausage, it goes down to nine. Okay. Well, guess what? The operators are used to putting 12 pepperonis on. They're putting 12 pepperonis on uh, sausage and pepperoni, right? And so you'd go one of two ways, right? That was, I'm assuming that was done originally for food costs. But in terms of training and educating and given the turnover in the business, why not just put the extra three pepperonis on all of the pizzas right. and then just charge appropriately for it, right? So uh, it's one of those, it's kind of a silly thing when you think about it, but but what's funny, we ordered, we have four restaurants that are close to our office. We ordered four sausage and pepperoni pizzas from the restaurants that were close to our office. Three of them had 12 pepperoni on it, okay. right? So we were, already do, we were already doing that. We were delivering that. And oh, by the way, okay, I can give the guests something more. I can simplify the training in store and we can't, we're not executing it anyhow. So why not just kind of say, Hey, this is what's going on. Let's accept, let's accept it and let's price for it appropriately. Right. So, I mean, I think there are simple things like that that you can do um, in terms of changing the recipe. Obviously at the end of the day, you don't want to affect product quality, but in this case, right, we're now going to actually 
our spec is to give more pepperoni on the sausage and pepperoni. If anything, you right. improve the quality and simplify the operations and are getting the appropriate pricing for the product, right? So uh, it's there. It's one of those things that it's, it just takes a little bit of extra thought to, to look at that and analysis, but I, I think there are a lot of opportunities like that in the business. So, Yeah, and it's interesting because you said, you know, it seems like a little thing, but, you know, multiply that little thing across all doors and it becomes a significant uh, role in the operations. Right. What's, it's, it's a role in the operations, but it also is a role in guest experience, right? Because one of the things is being consistent with the product um, and and also then, you know, in, in terms of what your profitability is, right? So there's really sure. a multiple win there in that, in that, uh, those scenarios. So I, I just want to let our audience know, uh, also, you know, we said simplifying operations, but for those of you who are getting into, uh, uh maybe a new restaurant and these are all amazing tips, uh, and, and advice and strategies before you actually open, like think these things through. So it's not only great if you're already up and operating, but simplifying operations before you start operating is a great way to look at it as well. So that said, I also want to ask, um, you know, it's, it's a huge conversation, Frank. AI, artificial intelligence, automation. Talk about how investing in automation can actually, uh, you know, simplify operations and improve productivity. Well, one of the things that we're doing is we're using a um, um, artificial intelligence to, to do phone answering uh, for our restaurants, right? So one of the difficulties are you know, you as a cashier or someone who's taking the order, um, you've got the person in front of you for uh, to take the order, and then the phone's ringing, right? So, do I answer the phone? Do I take the person? I hate the I hate the Heisman where you put your hand up to the person who's at the front counter so you can answer the phone, right? Uh, terrible experience for the guest. And so, one of the things that we've looked at is, can we use artificial intelligence to answer the phone? and do voice recognition to take orders. And so the, you know, we're using a system where you call in, it recognizes your phone number. If it's the first time it's ordered, it's doing voice recognition to take the order. And then it's adjusting it directly into our digital ordering system. So there's no human intervention. It just shows up uh, in, the, in the back of the house, right? So you, you don't have the phones ringing, which can be distracting and right. impact the experience on the guest but the, the person's getting and then what's really interesting is if you order again it recognizes your phone number it says last time you ordered x would you like to order the same thing again um so i mean it's and it's you know really i think that there's there's ways like that you can see applications for that in drive-throughs um sure. you know just you know simple kind of voice recognition things and then uh, you know, that's really kind of the first step that we've done uh, in terms of, of using that artificial intelligence. So, No, that that is great. And trust me, we've all been behind this, you know, on the other side of this hand while someone's answering the <laughs> phone while ordering at the counter. And you're like, right. no, really? Yeah, well, um, but, I, but I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not important enough to take care yeah, of it. Yeah, you get one of these. I'm like, oh, what? So, no, that, that's, that's uh, great advice. You know, I want to talk about adding table-side ordering systems, Frank. This is great. Uh, share, share your experience with it and, and, and how it works for you there at uh, Nukes. 
So I think obviously there's two ways to go, right? One is to go put in kiosks um, to do that. Um, to me, uh, you know, I look at the business and say, hey, everybody in today's world, you know, 90% of your guests are coming in with the smartphone. They've got a kiosk in their hand. Um, and so uh, in, you can do a couple of different ways. You can try to identify the tables and especially it depends on what your, um, what your delivery system is. Because we're delivering the food to the table, we have to be able to identify um, where the guest is sitting. So what we did is we put, you know, normally what happens, you come to the counter, we give you a ticket to be able to identify your table number. Now we've made a way, if there's a line there, you can grab your own tickets. It's a separate, separate group of tickets, right? So the 300 series, you grab the ticket, you sit down at your table, you order off your phone, where if you've already got the app and Use, so it's very simple to do it, and it fits within our current operating system. We didn't have to change anything on what we're operating, and so we've given the guests that opportunity to do that without having to put a kiosk in. And, you know, certainly I think, you know, given where COVID was, I'm not sure you wanted to come up and touch the screen where somebody else has touched the screen. Yeah. This allows you to have that experience in your hand and use it. So, um, you know, that's I've always liked it, and, you know, I – Going back to the artificial intelligence, you know, if I could figure out how to do like the cone of silence around the front counter and have the person just do that, do that order as well. Right. I mean, there's there's different ways, different ways to do those things. So always kind of looking at, at you know, how can we move that forward? But we were able to do that off of our app. Um, and effectively, it's a it's a digital experience, except you're sitting in the store and I can still deliver the food to you and you don't have to wait in line. So. No, that's great. And I, I, and I think for those of you tuning in, uh, I, you know, these are questions that if you're looking to add table uh, side ordering, um, it's important to talk to, you know, the software company or, or the tech company that you're, you're planning on partnering with to make sure this is all available. It was great because, like Frank said, you were able to just add it to your app already. So that's incredible. Right. Um, you know, are these, are everything we're talking about, are, is, uh, have you rolled all of these strategies to all of the Nukes eateries? Yes. Yeah, these are all out in place at this point in time. So. Awesome. Okay, good. They're, they're tested. We love that. You know, I want to talk about, um, this is a big one, uh, reducing time-consuming prep work, Frank. Like, this, this is a big one. Talk to me about that and how you've rolled that out. Yeah, what's what's interesting to me, I've been in this business a long time, right? And uh, typically, uh, when we talk to franchisees, franchisees are, you know, how do I get my food costs lower? How do I uh, do these kind of things? Um, and, you know, you look at trying to take prep out, prep work out, but it tends to, you know, what you're doing is moving the prep from in-store to the manufacturer in some cases, right? So, we were doing scratch dressings. We're not having the dressings made specifically for us from manufacturers, right? Now, they're going to be slightly expensive because you've pushed some of that out. But in today's labor market, what's really fascinating to me is in conversations I've had with franchisees, I get the sense that, you know, labor today is almost a fixed amount. I can only get X amount of labor. And it's really about how do I deploy that labor where I get the best return on investment, right? And that's gonna be in guest facing experiences versus back of the house prep early in the morning, right? And so they basically have said, hey, I mean, there was one thing we were looking at, which is, 
you know, the cost differential was going to be, you know, X numbers of thousands of dollars. And I had a franchisee pulled out his calculator and he said, all right, so when I do that, that turns out to be $7 a day for me. I think I can find that or I can save that in, in labor to get there, right? And so it's really been an interesting change in um, the dynamic because of what's happened in the labor market. So uh, there are things that we're doing. And again, it's back to consistency. So for example, we were rolling our own dough in restaurants for the pizza, right? Now we're getting a pre-rolled dough in which saves the dough rolling and it gives us a much more consistent product uh, based on the experience we've had. So the what's great about it is, right, when you're doing these things, the operators love these things, right? And so uh, you can you can see the benefit right away in terms of right. a morale. I mean, there's a morale piece of this. If it also helps you reduce turnover because uh, the work experience is better. I mean, there's potentially a lot yeah. of benefits that are hard to, hard to do a calculation on a spreadsheet, but, but you can ultimately see. So well, also, you know, it also frees up time for more customer, customer facing interaction. Right. And that's what we all right, go right. Yeah. We, Well, we've had stores that have had to go to limited hours because they don't have enough labor, right? If you could, but if you could take those hours out of prep and reallocate those hours to staying open, I mean, that yes. you will talk about the return on investment on that. I mean, it's just going to be huge. Right. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what that's, we've been doing. Yeah. So this is, this is uh, interesting. I want, I want to talk about uh, loyalty programs and how can you use them to simplify operations and definitely improve productivity? Well, if you look, depending on, on what you've got, um, and, if, you know, for us, we hadn't had a loyalty program. We were using an e-club, and the system we were using an e-club, uh, each person was getting their own coupon, right? And you want to kind of control that. So as a result, though, you'd bring your coupon in and we didn't have scanners. So the cashier had to key in uh, the coupon when it came in, right? So it slows down the yeah. the wait time and all those kind of things, right? Well, by moving to the loyalty program, those now when we're doing those coupon offers to loyalty members, that's already sitting on their account when they come in, right? So there's nothing, Smart. they're not having... They're not having to key in these, you know, twelve-digit coupon codes or whatever it is, and then if they key it in wrong, then they've got to do it again, right? So uh, there are things like that that, um, you know, again, you you move, make the line move faster, you increase productivity. Um, that's you know, and make the job easier for people. That's really the objective. So yeah, and 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 I've been one of them, and I've been behind somebody who's like, wait. I have a coupon somewhere. I have to find it. And we hold up the line and the, the person at the register is like, oh, okay. Uh, and so that alleviates less stress on yeah, everybody's so, side, right? Right. So now, now on both our app and obviously on our POS, if you come in, you, you give your loyalty number and all your coupons are there and you can, you, you do that. You don't have to bring it with you. And so, uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. in, it's interesting. Uh, you know, then you're getting the data too. Uh, so, sure. it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's lots of reasons to do that, but it's, it's interesting that, you know, again, with, with the app, with the loyalty program, you know, table ordering, those all things all came together when we, when we did the revamp of the, uh, the app. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's to be able to improve um, your staff, 
their their day to day, you know, at each, lo- each location, it's a win on both sides. Um, you know, before I let you go, Frank, uh, I, I want to talk to you. Uh, and and I told the uh, audience earlier, we're going to have you share your top three tips for operations simplification before you go. Yeah, I think uh, number one is it, it all starts with menu, right? Uh, evaluating your menu, making sure. I mean, there are some products that are easier and harder. And, and also when you think about it from an LTO. So I used to I used to typically try to evaluate products on how easy are they to make, two dimensions, how easy are they to make and how how differentiated are there for your concept, right? So there are certain things that are easy to make there are certain things that are difficult to make. Why would you add LTOs that are going to be difficult to make, okay, that aren't going to necessarily give you a whole lot of sales, right? So to me, that was always been, because there's there's all kind of great ideas of things you can do, but at the end of the day, you want to do the simplest thing that gets you the most sales. So when you kind of put it yeah. in that matrix, right, that, that helps uh, to do that, okay? The second one for me is kind of looking at, uh, your actual versus theoretical. Have you designed the products correctly? Uh, are you, uh, you know, uh, do you have systemized waste in there because the shelf life of the product doesn't match the the usage on that, right? And also, mm. uh, you know, if you're not if you're not selling a lot of it, uh, are you consistently uh, doing that well, right? And I think the third thing was is kind of always looking at technology, what can you do from a technology standpoint to um, try to make the life offer uh, of the operator better, right? We're doing, we're doing forecasting for sales that tell them how many labor hours they should do. I mean, as a general manager, if you don't have that information, I'm not sure how you're uh, managing your business. Right. So uh, a lot of the, the things that we're doing now are giving them better tools in the restaurant to uh, manage their business and makes their job uh, a lot simpler. So, yeah, no, those are those are great tips for sure. Um, listen, Frank, I want to thank you uh, for stopping by Fast Casual Nation today. We appreciate uh, all the strategies that you shared with us. Um, thanks, and I wish you all the best for twenty twenty three. Great, uh, same to you, and uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. For those of you tuning in over on the podcast, make sure that you rate, subscribe, let us know how we're doing. This is Fast Casual Nation. I'm your host, Lisa Pepe, and I will catch you next time.